In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Grant that, as by your grace going before us, you put into our minds good desires, so by your continual help we may bring them to good effect. That collect which we've heard today, one of the core collects by which Anglicans define their theology, originally in Cramner's arrangement, the first collect for the First Communion on Easter Day, and one of the oldest to which he set his hand from Gelasius from the 7th or 8th century, still saying to us the core of what God is up to. Grant that as by your grace going before us, your prevenient grace that always paves the way for us, put into our minds good desires. Open our hearts and fill them with what you want. So by your continual help, this is where we step in, we may all together bring them to good effect. God is not just with us, the collect says. God is not just with us. God is for us. And God goes before us, too, to make sure that things are ready for us when we get to the place to which we are called where he has already been at work, so that his work in us will not be in vain, waiting for us to follow our desires there, which he has already placed within us, and with his help, bring them to good effect. A lovely turn of phrase. Those are desires which, by preventing us with thy grace, Thou dost infuse on us, further also we beseech thee by thy help. So the original translation, all of which was to bring about nothing less than the renewal of thy spirit. This is all the work of the Holy Spirit. And all of which is set out in Article 10. We don't think of looking for the Holy Spirit in the Articles of Religion, but the Holy Spirit is in every page just needs a little massaging. And Article 10 teaches us that by our own natural strength and good works, we cannot turn and prepare ourselves to faith and calling upon God. It teaches us that we must have God's prevenient, God's grace running ahead, prevenient grace that we may have a good will, and his cooperating grace working with us when we have that goodwill. It's all about grace then. It's not just that we lack the strength or the will, power to force the issue, we lack both. But that's what God has for us. And more, what he has for us that we don't want is his touching our hearts and messing with our desires. That's the problem and God won't force the issue. We need a desire from somewhere before we can pursue those goals which will grab God's attention and change his heart toward us. That's the problem with works. To change his heart, he must first change ours. It's a cycle. To change his heart, he must first change ours. Hence these words ascribed to St. John. 
to the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. What's that got to do with it? Well, for our heart to be changed, our desires, we must want them. We must have a hunger or thirst for those desires to be changed. The water of life is free. The desire, in other words, to live God's best life now comes at no charge. But we're not getting it if we are not already thirsting for it. Like capillary action, it won't draw up the straw unless there's already that need alive in our souls. The gift of God's empowering spirit, which this water represents, comes only after prayer. The prayer uttered in words or in the secret language of the heart to make all things new. To let us have done with the way of the world and our unruly passions which send us this way and that hither and thither, our minds and hearts always upon worldly matters which do not matter in the grand scheme. What's the matter with that? That these things matter to us and only to us is the matter. What's new in the all things that God is making is one thing, love. A new commandment I give to you that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. How to turn a law into a desire through prayer and through the Spirit. Now for us, love can be defined in different ways, as affect, as intoxication, as idolatry, as an emotion, a feeling that moves us, that works upon us, a passion, as a motivation, one that moves us to work, to action. We can love many things at many times with many degrees of intensity. We can rate our loves then according to their power to move us. The greatest loves have the greatest power over us, maybe. But what matters about love is that when we love something or someone else matters to us. When we love something out there, Someone out there suddenly matters and matters in such a way that it can matter as much to us as we do to ourselves, which is a lot. If that thing is a thinking, feeling thing, then what matters is what happens to that thing, that person may be. What matters to that personal being matters to us. And if that being is a person, then it matters very much. If we love another, then what matters to them, to that other, may indeed matter more than what matters to us. That is the condition to which all love aspires, to be worthy of the name of love. And although that love can accompany the intoxication with the lovely, which Luther considered the hallmark of human love, nothing wrong with loveliness, please, but love for the lovely that's the way we love, he says, if we can look through loveliness and see the fears and the needs of the other and take them as our own, then we may speak of love. Love at its most authentic, the love of a mother for a child, say. When we speak of love like that, then we will give our life itself for the life of the one we love. And so we do, and so does God in Christ, and that's the point. And we love whether we are loved back in return or not. 
So it's not a matter of love as taking possession of what or who we love. It's rather a matter of being possessed in a pure sense by another. And the more we know the other and their needs and their wants and their goals and their strivings, the truer that possession is. Not self-possession or being caught up in some projection of ourself. We work through all that to the other. This state in which our life is not our own and we know it is the gift of the Spirit. It is also the message of the cross. The cross sends mixed messages, even mixed up messages, but this message of love is unambiguous. The message is this, we matter to somebody. We are very small, like children, and the world is very big, but bigger than the world is the love of the one who loves us, who is the one who made the world and us in it to love. And that love radiates out through the scriptures. God's love radiates out again and again through a chosen people, a remnant of cataclysm after cataclysm born of self-love and anger and fear. There's always fear here, a rescued remnant, a few survivors on whom God sets the task of starting the whole thing going again, reaching out and out into all the world in those concentric rings that God's people finally fail in this after being everything almost is the story of scripture where the old covenant meets the new at least. And again and again, God tries to make the best of the human mess by coming down and fixing things up in acts of triage, patching together on the battleground or at the scene of the accident, the carnage as best he may. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with mortals, with anthropos, the gender-neutral word for humanity that the Bible makes available. I will be their God, and they will be my people, the ancient covenant formula, the expression of God's abiding love, not an infatuation that waxes and wanes, but a one-way love that can't be stopped. My dwelling place, he says, and the text says, the place in which I'll pitch my tent. As in the wilderness, the exile, when Moses said, do not take your presence from us. Do not just touch down in untouchable glory on distant mountains that all who touch will die. Stay with us, walk with us, be with us, lead us, kindly lead us, or we will go no further. I will, says God, condescension. One-way love. Again, God takes the best that humans can offer and blesses it and makes it work. And they lug the tent poles and the hangings and the bric-a-brac of the tabernacle through the desert, pulling it down and setting it up wherever they went. And God dwelt within. A moving target, this pillar of smoke and cloud and fire, seeing them through to safety. Behold, I am making all things new, all things new. And so he was 
and so he is. A moving target still, as we move through our wilderness journey, never alone, always along with him. And as he goes on, we follow, conquering the strongholds we put in our hearts, the culture idols that displace what we should love, the love that says, I know what I like, which is the love that says, I like what I know, and that's it. Those who are just like me, those who like me. And that group gets smaller and smaller and smaller, and that love shrinks into self-love. The clean versus the unclean, the pure versus the impure, in versus out. And we draw those rings tighter and tighter around ourselves. Again, the world at work in here and not the word. The world of the haves hanging on for dear life to what they've got. The spirit gently blows through this world, breathing down its boundaries and blowing away its fears. What God has made clean, do not call common. He says, what God has consecrated, blessed, do not profane. What God loves, do not despise. You think you know what God loves? <laughs> Look in the mirror. He loves the unworthy, the impure, the unlovely, the unfaithful. That would be us. That puts us in very good company. And that's very good news for us. There's lots to love in this world that cries out for his redeeming love and does not know it. To those on the outside, on the outside, on the outs with God, he has said, you're mine, my possession, and I am yours. That's God's love. And that it's so great, so deep, so wide, is our only hope as well. That God's mercy will reach in the end, even to us, even through us. Amen.